God, I thank you so much for this time we have to gather in your house. Um, Lord, as I, as I begin um, this, this sermon, as I kick off this series on love is why, love is why we are here. God, I ask that um, these words, these resonate in their hearts in this congregation, um, that they not just be, be words on a page, on a screen, um, tagged on a shirt, but God, that they resonate in our hearts and that we make it a part of our life. God, I have a, I have a call to uh, put an action to the congregation this morning, and as I give this message, sometimes it can be hard to change or to have action, especially when we get comfortable in the things of our life, but Lord, I just ask that, uh, that that action be, be visible in our congregation, that we go out and we take the message and we spread it to the ends of this world. God, let us focus on you this morning. Let all distractions be pushed aside in Jesus' name. Amen. So good morning. Um, so I've, I've preached like five times at Lantana so far, and uh, you guys finally let me come over here. <laughs> so thank you. Um, no, but I understand, um, I, I don't like myself most of the time either, um, so getting me here, I, I understand that. But I'm not going to spend too much time with you guys today, I'm only going to spend about two hours talking, and I'm going to kind of break down kind of this sermon series that we're going to be going through, Love is Why, Love is Why We're Here, Love is Why We Serve, Love is Why, and you're going to see as we go through this sermon, um, all the things that we're going, that's going to lead up into this series. But before I do, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about being prepared, because um, that's what my job here is this morning, is to prepare you, to prepare you for this series that we're about to go on, and I don't think you guys are going to have a problem getting prepared. I'm from Indiana, and uh, we don't have hurricanes in Indiana, um, so that means we don't have time to plan for our natural disasters. A lot of times they just hit. Um, tornadoes don't give you any kind of warning. Um, they, just, they just come. Um, snowstorms, sometimes they'll give us a little bit of warning, and we'll run to the store and get our bread and our milk and our stuff like that. Um, but you guys take it to a whole nother level. I mean, you guys are crazy. <laughs> So I wasn't thinking about it last week. I, I wasn't in hurricane mode yet, not have been through one yet. And so I went to the store just willy-nilly. I, was, I wanted some Doritos. <laughs> and so I went to the store, I went to Publix to get some Doritos, to get my snack on. And I walk in the store, and I noticed something was different right away. Because people usually, I mean, they, they move at a fast pace, but it was completely different this day. People had their carts, and they were, they were running around. And they weren't just grabbing things off the shelf and putting them in there. No, they were, Aah! And so I was like, what is going on? I saw a guy pass, and he had, like, cases of peanut butter. And I was like, that's a lot of peanut butter. Like, I don't even know what they're doing. Then I saw a guy pass with, like, 500 bags of Doritos. I'm like, oh, no. That's what I came for. So sure enough, I went down. They had every flavor of Dorito except the nacho cheese. So I, I kind of drifted back towards that guy's cart. I'm, I'm confessing here, okay? I drifted back, and, and I kind of pointed at it, and he kind of just went on his way. So I thought that meant I could just go ahead and grab one. You know, he had 500. Like, he had a bunch. Like, so I grabbed one. He saw me. It was all fine. It was okay. So I left there. I was like, oh, I'm on a quarter tank. Got to go get some gas. <laughs> wrong -o. No, no. So I sit in the line which is out into the road, and I'm sitting there for about 10 minutes or so, and finally, I'm like, 
two cars away from getting in the parking lot. And a guy comes over with a little rope and he closes it off. And it says, temporarily out of gas. Try again soon. (laughs) Try again soon. Okay. All right. This is crazy. I'm going home. So I go home, but then I got to make a Costco's run, I found out. Because my wife is already getting on board of this being prepared thing. So she's like, okay, we got to get water. Every place is out of water. We got to go to get some water. Costco's, they, they have a bunch of things in bulk. Let's go get some water. So I went to Costco's. Oh, my goodness. They give them bigger carts at Costco's. They got dollies and such like that. So people are running around. They're throwing 10 generators on these dollies. What are you going to do with 10 generators? I mean, seriously, you have every appliance in your house running off a generator. And I go over to the water section. They had sparkling water. They had Gatorade. They they had no plain water. I was like, sparkling water it is. So I got a couple cases of sparkling water. I I eventually did find um, some more water. But, But anyway, you guys know how to get prepared. You can do it in a little nicer, more loving way, I think, sometimes. You Floridians know how to use the horn. Congratulations. But you know how to get prepared. So I went through this. I went through the, the gas, um, the gas guzzling, all, all of the stuff that goes along with, with getting, uh, getting ready, getting prepared. And I promise you, I'm going to go ahead and make a promise to you today. If you prepare for this series like you do for a hurricane, amazing things are going to happen. Not only in your lives, but in the lives of this church. So I want to get you prepared today. I want to get you geared on the mindset of being prepared for a series. Now, I want you to have this this outlook all the time, but unfortunately, I know a lot of times we get... We get in kind of a motion, and we come to church, we, we hear a good sermon from Pastor Dave, or, and we, then we go home. And I want us to get out of that rut. That's not for everybody, but I know sometimes I can get like that. So I'm preaching to myself just as much as you. I want to get out of that rut, and I want to start preparing for this study, these series. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's not going to be just like another history lesson. You might hear some history of the Bible during this series. But it's not just a feel-good kind of thing. It's not just a time to be entertained. But moreover, it's a call for action. It's a call for us to do something as a church and as its members. As you listen to the sermons over the next few months, I want you to listen to the sermons like you're listening to a coach giving a pep talk. Okay, I want you to be, you don't see players in a, in a locker room at halftime. It's all tied up, championship game. You don't see players sitting in there just kind of relaxing and the coaches talking. And you don't see them doing that. They're on the edge of their seats. They're taking in every word, if it's a good pep talk. They're taking in every word from, from that pep talk. And when the pep talk's over, they jump up and they explode out onto the field, onto the court. Wherever arena they're in, they're excited. This is what we need to be like during this series. I want us to be like athletes ready to go out onto the field. I want us to be Christian athletes for God going out on the field, going out and spreading the gospel with the rest of the world. After a successful pep talk is given, this should be our response. Because I got to tell you what, if you get in that kind of response, we can make a huge difference. During this Love is Why Your series, we're going to be giving a series after series of pep talks on Love is Why. So Love is Why we are here. That's what we're going to kick off next week. 
Love is why we pray. Love is why we gather. Love is why we worship. Love is why we go. Love is why we give. Love is why we serve. Love is why we study. We're going to be going over and over all these reasons of why we do certain things in the church. And these are meant to challenge you. These are meant to motivate you to action, to do something. So, the question you should be asking yourself now is, Shane, how do we prepare? I'm glad you asked. Because it's really simple. First, you need to show up. We're going to be having different things after pretty much every one of these series. He, he just mentioned the leadership thing that we're going to be having next week. After every one of these pep talks, we, we're going to give you a chance to ha- show a little action. We're going to give you a chance to show up and maybe do something. I know that that sometimes is scary. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and do something, maybe something new. Maybe something that scares you, but that's okay. Because I don't want us to just get stuck in our routines anymore. We get stuck in our way of doing things and we get in a rut. We get stagnant. One of the most important things that the ministry has taught me is that getting yourself out of your comfort zone is where true spiritual growth takes place. A lot of us are older and we think that, you know, we can't learn anymore. Don't ever think like that. That we, we're, we're older, so we, we can't volunteer for this anymore. We, we already kind of have our area. And if you have an area, that's great. Keep volunteering. Keep being a powerful thing in that ministry. But if you don't, it's time. It's time for us to step up. Because when you start to have spiritual growth, when you start stepping out of your comfort zone, all of a sudden, you stop and God takes over. And that's what we want. On our spiritual journey, that is our goal. To reach a point in our spiritual journey where it's no longer leaning on our own understanding, but entirely on God and his infinite wisdom. The story I'm about to read from the Bible was one of my favorite stories in the New Testament growing up. Um, I mean, it was one of my favorite stories. When I was younger, I felt like I could relate so much to this man that I'm going to read about. And and I know a lot of you probably, like me, are in the same kind of boat, literally, as we we go through this, that, that you can relate with what Peter does here. Peter, all throughout the Bible, you see him, you see him on fire one second, and then you see him do something completely bonehead and stupid the next. It's just what he does, and I can relate with that. Because I would be on fire one second, I would be, all, I'd be passionate, I'd be all pumped up one second, the next I'm, I'm crashing, I'm burning, I'm, I'm derailing. So Matthew 14, verse 22, is where I'm going to start reading this morning. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead of him. To the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come. He said, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. 
But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed out of the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, truly, you are the Son of God. See, I love this story so much when I was younger. Because I saw Peter. I saw Peter as myself. I would come back home after a youth conference, and like so many of our youth do today, and I would be on fire. I wanted to go into my schools, and I wanted to be a difference. But then I would get back with a different friend group, and, and there I'd go, right back the same old road that I had went down before, doing the same things that I shouldn't be doing. But I want to tell you something. I think Peter gets a bad rap here. I think Peter, we, we were too quick to judge Peter in this story. You see, all the disciples were terrified. They were terrified. They were all in the boat. They were shaking, that including Peter. But Peter was the only one that had the courage, who had the faith to step out of that boat and start walking towards Jesus. The rest of them stayed back where they were comfortable. Yeah, it was still scary inside the boat, but it was a lot more comfortable than stepping out into the waves, walking towards Jesus. And I think a lot of us, we have that same kind of view in life. A lot of times we want to stay in the boat. We want to stay in our area, stay where we're comfortable. When Jesus is calling us out amongst the waves. Peter, in my opinion, showed extreme faith. But then the waves started crashing around him. And Peter lost focus on Jesus. Peter forgot about the Son of God. And started paying attention to the world around him. Which for me, like, is far too familiar of a tale. Now I wanted to remind you of this story for a reason. It's super easy to stay where you're safe, and I understand that. It's super easy to stay in a place where you're comfortable, but we've got to step out of the boat. And that's what this series is designed to make you do, is to step out of that boat and step into the unknown. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. But how do we grow if we don't? How do we see what waters Jesus is going to let us walk on top of if we don't step out of the boat? You see, I wouldn't be in ministry today if I wouldn't have stepped out of the boat. I wouldn't be here today sharing what I think God has laid on my heart to share if I didn't step out of my comfort zones and step out of the boat. You see, being up here terrifies me. Youth is one thing, but being up here, it terrifies me. Because whether it's right or whether it's wrong, the truth is my day is made or broken by you guys and whether you guys like me or not. It's a character flaw. I have it. If you guys like me, then you, woo! If you don't, then it hurts, it hurts my feelings. It breaks me down. I'll do everything and anything to try to get back in your favor. I even care about people that I don't like liking me. Like, if I don't like a person, I just don't like that person. They come up and they, they say, hey, I need help with this. Okay. Yeah, I got you. First of all, because I have a servant's heart. But mostly, it's because I want that person to like me. Even if I don't like them. It's just something that I deal with. And so being up here today, I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable. I'm sharing with you. So you might be looking at me and, and you don't like um, the way I sound. You don't like uh, the way I dress. It's not dressy enough. I understand. 
Some of you will hate the way I pace back and forth. I can't help it. And some of you didn't notice any of this until I just brought it out in public, okay? So the point is, it's scary, but it causes me to grow. When I gave my first sermon, I was a train wreck. I'm still a train wreck, but at least I have a path. At least I'm on the path before I wreck and fall off the track. I'm on the track. I've grown from that. And it's made me a better youth pastor. It's made me a better youth minister. I can talk to them more freely. I can talk to their parents more freely. It's helped me. But the point is, I had to step out of my comfort zone to grow and to mature as a Christian. God has called you to be all that you can be. Not in the army, but in this church. So instead of walking out these doors after the service and just going and doing the things we normally do, going to lunch, which there's no problem, there's nothing wrong with that. I want the words during these pep talks that all these pastors are going to give you. I want the words that we speak here to resonate in your heart, and I want them to change you. Hebrews. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. Kind of talks about this a little bit. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you have no longer tried to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Folks, it's time we start yearning for solid food. It's time we put the milk aside and we start going after God's maturity for us. Trust me, I have four kids. I know how comforting that milk is. But eventually we had to switch over. Eventually we had to switch over to solid food so they would grow, so they would be healthy. A lot of bad issues can happen if you just keep giving them milk. They have to start having that solid food. I know that it's, it's, it's a little bit scary to start taking more ownership, to start taking more responsibilities in the church. But in order to put the milk down to reach our full potential, we must stretch our wings. We must step out of the boat in faith and see where God is going to guide us. Guess what? It's hard. You're going to fail. You're going to start to sink at times, just like Peter did. He had that great faith. He stepped out of the boat. But then he started to sink. But guess what? As soon as he called out to God, as soon as he called out to Jesus, Jesus reached down his hand. Now, he had a lesson for him. Why did you have such little faith? Why did you doubt? But he still was right there to lift us up and to get us back onto solid ground. It's church, as a ties of church, we need to get out of our comfort zones. We need to put our faith in action. So I've been going through James with our college group, our young adults group. And James says this. James says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Later on, at the end of this chapter, he reiterates that by saying, as the body is without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. 
Faith without works, faith without deeds, faith without action is dead. Now, let me clarify something. You can't earn your way to heaven. Some of you guys were cringing a little bit. Let me clarify. You can't earn your way to heaven. You can't good deed your way to heaven. But when you seek after God, when you truly seek after Jesus and God's plan for you in your life, guess what? You're going to have works to show. You're going to develop those fruits that we were talking about earlier. And it's not the apples and bananas. We're talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you live for Jesus, you're going to see those things. That, these are all the ingredients of an active, mature, growing Christian. Love is why. Love is why we are here is going to be a great series. But to make it great, to make it right, to make it work, we're going to have to have a little bit of participation. You can't just sit there. we got to do something. It means all of us getting off the bench, off the pews, and going out, storming the field, storming the world for God, for his glory. I tell you what, God's going to be here. God's going to show up. One of the last things Jesus said before he ascended, he told his disciples, he said, hey, go prepare, because the Holy Spirit's coming. Go prepare, because he's going to come to you. And so when the disciples left, when they went to go to prepare, they weren't, they didn't go thinking, hey, the Holy Spirit might show up. They went knowing that God was going to show up. You should come in every Sunday morning knowing that God's going to be here. What you do with that is your choice because God gave you that free will. I hope you join me in doing something about God being here. I hope you join me in taking action to spread the gospel and to spread the word of God into our community and ultimately to this world. Pray with me. God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for this day that you've given us. Lord, this life can be hard. The waves crashing around us can be overwhelming and we want to we wanna stare at those waves, God, but I just ask that as those waves happen, Lord, that we focus in on you that we focus in on your plan for us. God, we can walk on water if that's what you want us to do. But we've got to get out of the boat. God, be with us during this sermon series. Guide us. We know you'll be here. Let us be here with you. In Jesus' name, amen.